This is the Intentional Disruption Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Demo. Today, I wanted to talk about a task that my wife gave me over the weekend that has massive relevance to the success of your business. It should be an interesting episode. And the working title I had for this as I was putting my thoughts on paper was a two-man job. I suppose in today's times I should say a two-person job, but the way that it was explained was a two-man job, so I'm going to stick with what the lady said, and we'll just go from there. So what is it, what is this two-man job that I had? Well, over this weekend, my wife wanted to get a new entertainment center for the playroom or Thunderdome, or whatever you want to call this room. It, it gets a lot of use nowadays. And months back, we'd been looking for a bookcase. Um, my son's two years old, and he's a voracious reader. Uh, he obviously isn't reading, but he's memorized the pictures and words for a good 30 books that we have in the playroom. And we wanted a bookcase to store them in, Instead of the, um, I guess you'd call it an entertainment center, just it didn't have a top on it. So we had these little cubbies that books were stored and it wasn't working properly. And when I say not working properly, um, he would just pull everything out and it was a mess. So we wanted to find a more flowing option for that room. And I'd looked on all the places like the Amazons, um, local furniture stores. And what they had just seemed pretty trash, if I can be fair. It wasn't well built. It was cheap. And I just didn't trust that it wouldn't fall apart. You know, when you read... It's very flimsy, flimsy, um, fell apart, the particle board busted apart. It really made me realize that my generation is the last generation that had the opportunity to receive down family heirlooms in the furniture space that weren't just garbage. Now, that being said, one of my most cherished things in the house is the cheesy, cheesy, cheesy uh, duck mug that my grandma used to use. It's a coffee mug with ducks. She went through phases, uh, but I'm getting off topic. Uh, that's something that reach out to me. I've got some hilarious stories about like the cheesy QVC decorations my grandma used to pick up, but I didn't want to spend money on garbage. I didn't want it to fall apart. I wanted it to be of quality. And that was, you know, it's a challenge. Um, I didn't want my son to bump into it and the thing collapse. And I also didn't want to have to put $10 worth of screws in to keep something together that was brand new. That just didn't didn't resonate with me. So my wife finds an entertainment center on the town page. Um, it's kind of like FreeCycle, but Zuckerberg put it onto his platform. And now FreeCycle is a really dated reference, I suppose. But I used to use it all the time. Because where I live is relatively affluent, 
well, it's above average for sure. It's like the stuff that people get rid of. Usually it's not like some ratty goodwill item. It's just they've decided to go in a new direction with their home decor. And yeah, they're getting rid of $1,000 love seats. Well, probably $3,000 love seats because they're, they're going with a new design theme for this season. All right, cool. It's fine by me. I mean, I've lived in a tent with 40 dudes in the middle of the desert before, so I don't have a high need for a lot of material things. Um, it's just not my, not my thing. Um, you know, it, it's fine. These people were moving away, and this item was not something that was worth moving, if that makes sense. So, perfectly fine. Okay, great. They've got an entertainment center, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to pick it up. My wife gave me the general dimensions. You know, it's, it ended up being about six feet by four feet by two feet. A little bit smaller than that by a couple inches, but you can visualize this. It came apart into two pieces, so it's two pieces um, about that size. I mean, it ended up being six feet tall total, six feet long. Um, you know, about two feet wide. Great. And she wanted to know if I could pick it up. You know, yeah, that's not a big deal. And she's, you know, just wondering, like, wait a minute. So the, the lady said it's going to take two people. Because they use two people. And I look back at the pictures again. And she mentions it's an Ikea product, which to me, there's not a single thing Ikea's ever sold in their entire history that really takes two people. Because it's, you know, basically balsa wood and, um, you know, a little bit of veneer, I suppose. But I look at it. Yeah, no, we, we've got this. And the lady was very nice. Um, you know, she had broken it down into two pieces, put out in the driveway so we could pick it up, put down nice, like her towels so that it wouldn't scuff it up, which was kind of like using a champagne flute for boxed wine, but regardless. So that that's all well and good. And you might be asking, Mike, well, this is a business podcast. What the heck does this have to do? With business. Well, it's going to be these next pieces that really highlight the reason why. So please just hang loose for this parable. It's worth it, I promise. So lady says we're going to need two people. Um, Now, I have the benefit of having run a moving company in my younger days. And there are a lot of big burly dudes in the moving space. Um, Now, I remember one of my buddies actually helped my crew for a couple days and I'm five nine and I was probably a buck sixty at the time. He's six two, about two fifty. And I used to end up getting the bottom side of the triple dresser when we were going upstairs. He would get the top side because he's definitively stronger than me. But I understood leverage and I understood how to lift, which is way more important than being able to lift like max weights and you know, be all meathead, I suppose. 
you know, I couldn't squat the rack, but I knew how to get the weight lifted. And that might sound actually a little bit familiar to um, my clients that listen to the podcast because I don't look for the brute force way to execute business. I look for the strategically sound way to run a business. Anyways, I load up the Silverado with uh, some additional straps. I keep some in the back. Um, Slight tangent. I knew that this item would not fit in the bed with the tailgate closed because I keep a survival kit in the back of my truck. You know, nice little work box. Um, It's prudent and you should have one too. But because of that, I knew that my bed, you know, it's a crew cab short bed truck. I knew that I'm going to be using the tailgate for this adventure. So I wanted to make sure that I had proper tools for the job. I had some moving blankets to keep the item from getting scuffed. I had my hand truck, my dolly, a couple straps. So I had the right tools for the job. Um, Wanted to play some hype music on the way. So, uh, Picked out some old Outcast, played it at a polite level, of course, because I live in a polite town. And I'm driving the Silverado over to this lady's house. It's only a couple miles away. And I'm just wondering, it's like my wife reiterated and instilled a little bit of doubt. She's like, baby, this thing, she says it needs two people. And I've looked at it. And I I don't see why. I mean, it's definitely not a one one guy you know go all Hercules situation. Not not necessarily because it's heavy. Um, yeah, you know, I think each piece was only about sixty pounds, something like that. But it's long. It's tall. It's awkward. And I, I could see why they would say you need two people. But with proper leverage, you can overcome that. You know, sometimes you need to have not only the right people, but the right tools in place to make that happen. And, you know, my plan was very simple. I have the right tools for the job. I can apply leverage and we'll get this thing done. So I get to the lady's house, um, beautiful colonial, um, the exact color I would paint my house too. Which, if anybody knows me, that means it was a shade of blue. And I look at this entertainment center. Definitely a playroom item. Not something I'm going to ever consider an heirloom item. Um, Matter of fact, when I got back to the house, I joked with my wife, uh, this will be the last room it's in. Uh, The next place it'll be is a bonfire. Um, Yeah, quality. So, instead of going all Hulk smash and trying to deadlift this thing, I turned the pieces around so that they could be stood up and then properly uh, put onto my hand truck. And then I bring it over to the truck, slide in each piece. Took five minutes. Not anything terribly hard. Um, Matter of fact, it was actually harder to get it up the stairs into my house because I don't have the stair attachment on my dolly, which makes it a little bit of a pain in the butt. But... Strapped everything up properly, and we're ready to go. And I get it back to the house. No big deal. 
um, get it in the door. My wife gives me a hand with that because, you know, upstairs it was a little bit more cumbersome to get it up there. But we get it put up and, you know, actually a little bit later today I'm going to uh, find a way to bolt it to the wall because it's not something that's going to not tip over if somebody pulls on it. It's uh, pretty flimsy. So I'm going to use some probably one by threes and some two by fours, um, bolt to the wall and make sure that this thing doesn't go anywhere. We don't want it to, but again, Mike business podcast, you've been talking for 12 minutes. What the hell does this have to do with a business? So I've said it many times. Every business needs two key players, the visionary and the implementer. Where most of the businesses that I consult go wrong, and it's not their fault, by the way, no shame or guilt attached to this because, damn it, if I didn't do it too, is the founder tries to be both. And you can do that for a little while, but it leads to burnout because you become the key player in every facet of your business. I know that because I did it too. And I did it way before Gary V um, came out with his wine subscriptions and all that other stuff. Like, I did this back in the 2000s. And I tried to be everything for everybody. <clears throat> and I burned out. And that's where a lot of small businesses are, is in that steady state of just on fire. Trying to get everything done, playing whack-a-mole. Well, Mike, in this case, you were only one person. That's true. My implementer was my hand truck and the proper tools and technology to execute the task. See, sometimes it doesn't necessarily need to be two people on the job site if you have the proper tools. Inside of my consultancy, many times I end up taking the role of the implementer for them I help them figure out what their vision and purpose is going to be. And then I help them establish what the path to implementation is going to be. Now, many of my clients have an office manager or somebody that fills that role, even if it's not entitled. But that doesn't mean that they're qualified for the job or properly trained for the job or given the proper tools for the job. Um, one of the things... If you think back to the movie Office Space from back in the day when the two Bobs come in and, you know, they're looking to streamline and remove people, that's not where we start. You know, I'm not looking to cut headcount to maximize profit and do all that private equity stuff. But I want to make sure that we have the right fit. And a conversation I've had with clients in the past were like, oh, I just need a new office manager. It's like, maybe it's possible. But what... What tools, what direction, what procedures have you given them to properly execute the tasks that you've assigned them? What do you mean? Well, if you don't give them a clear process with clear, the we used to call it toll gates back in the day for the project, so different pieces to see, all right, we're at the right point. How are they supposed to be properly executing the task? It's likely they're not going to be able to. So before you go and make headcount changes, let's make sure that we give the people on the team the proper tools to do the job, the proper commander's intent, as we'd call it back in the Marines, and 
give them the opportunity to show that they're the right fit in the system that we're creating. And that works. But usually the owners that I'm helping, when I initially meet with them, they feel they have to do it all. They have to be involved. They become the person. It's like, hey, you know, if it was made, like, I'm not sure, go ask Mike. When you have something like that where I'm not sure or there's ambiguity and they have to go back to the owner, that's usually a sign that there's an opportunity to improve processes. Those owners that keep having to do that eventually burn out. They feel stressed, their cortisol levels are elevated, and it's not a great place to be. And I have it with pretty much every every business owner because we're not perfect. We're doing the best we can with the information we have at hand. And there's no shame or guilt with this. But it's something that you should take a look. Can your business run without you? If you're gone for 30 days, will your business flatline? Will it diminish or will it increase? For 90% of businesses, it's going to lose revenue. There's going to be more issues. By the way, that's also why 80% of businesses fail within five years and 80% of what's left fails by year 10. If you do the math, it's not great. It's about 90%. So the stuff that I'm helping them fix is the stuff that's going to make sure that they have longevity in the business. And I can do that because I've been there before. I've been the person that had massive growth doing amazing things and then felt burned out and like just crippling anxiety was afraid to like leave my office before 10 o'clock at night even though I got there at seven in the morning because oh I need to make sure all the things are ready I didn't have proper processes in place and that's not something that's going to be healthy it's not something that's going to serve you and that's especially now that I have kids that's not something that's acceptable. It's just not. I need to be the leader of my family as well. I need to be there for my son to guide him, to show him what a man is supposed to be. I need to be there for my daughter to set the standard for the man that she will find later in life because she will predicate that decision in a lot of ways on the way that I treat her, the way that I treat her mother, and I need to show her what a healthy, loving relationship looks like. And if you're a business owner with kids and you're not doing that, first off, again, this is not a personal attack. I had kids at, well, I'm 40 now and my oldest kid is two years old, so do the math. But I waited a long time to have kids because... Among many of my philosophies, I wanted to make sure that I could actually properly raise my kids. And I didn't get myself into that point until a later season. The good news is that can all be things that are rapidly moved forward as well. It's a conversation I have with some of my clients quite often. How is your kids? How's your wife? How's that relationship going? Because we're not just on an island as a business owner. We have dual purposes inside of our business as a leader in our family as a leader 
And if we don't have balance in both sides of that equation, it's going to hurt both sides of that equation. If you're bringing home your work or bringing your family life to the office, either way, that's not awesome. And by putting some of these pieces and parts in place, you can start to deleverage your time inside of the business world to give you more time to focus on the family. And that is a beautiful thing. And that is, to me, ideal. Um, no offense to any one person that I work with. I love you, but you're not my kids. If I can deleverage my time where I'm helping achieve the goals of the organization, but I can also go bring my son out to the swing set, I'm going to be on that swing set. And that's an important thing that you should be able to do as well. So to wrap up this conversation, how does moving an entertainment center relate to business? As I've, in a somewhat long-winded way, explained, it's about leverage. It's about understanding the process and having the intent and having the people and tools to execute the task. It's all stuff that I work with with my clients, but in your life, you should take a look and see if somebody's letting you down inside of your company, is it their fault really? Or is it yours? Do you have the processes and procedures that you've run through and made sure actually work? Have you had a conversation with them about why they're doing it differently than what you asked them to do? Was it a matter of improperly explaining the task or do they not have the proper tools to execute the task? These are all things that you can start to look at today to make a massive, massive difference in the trajectory of your business. So I'm Mike Demo, uh, my company, the Delta Enhancement Group. Um, we are going to be running a course pretty soon on the what I call front end mastery. And the design behind that is to start to streamline a lot of the things that I've referenced in this podcast. If you're interested in taking a look at what that looks like, feel free to check out the website, growwithdelta.com. Um, it's not a click funnels website with 13 different opt-ins. It's not really how I am working in this season of life, but you can learn a little bit more about my story and some of the things that I've done for my clients. I've helped generate over $400 million in sales over the last couple of years. So I have a pretty good idea for what I'm doing because the people that I work with are having massive growth, um, you know, north of 30, 40% this year. And they're spending more time with their family while they do it. And if that's something attractive to you, there might be an opportunity. But Again, I appreciate your time, your energy, and your attention. Have a great day.